Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Everybody keeps asking us how we're doing, and um, okay, you know, I think doing pretty good. If you, if you don't know, um, my mom, Eleanor, passed away almost three weeks ago. You know, I, I can still see her back there. We're going to have to do some type of L memorial or something. I don't know. We'll see, you know, because she does have a legacy in this place. And uh, that's a little bit of what I wanted to talk about. So, I'm, you know, I can feel that I'm obviously still processing, kind of transitioning into... To, so, like, when I sit down to pray and I think through what my messages are, it's still very much processing, but then also holding on to the hope that we have in Him, right? Because, you know, we're the only ones that are sad. I mean, she's having a party, right. you know? She is uh, shag dancing with Jesus, if you... <laughs> If you don't know what shag dancing is, it's a dance that I could is over in the. See her, like, you could see her. Yeah. He's a pastor. Yeah. She was. She was very proud. Right. Drew a wreath around the toilet seat. Yeah. There's so many. That was one thing she would do: is that first-time visitors, they would know everything about our history. You know, when they would come, because she, no filter. Mom had no filter. <laughs> so. Um, Again, I'm still a little bit of processing. I can feel that, that teaching kind of starting to rise back up again. So there's a little bit of both happening. We'll see, you know, we'll just walk it out. Um, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, you know, Hayden stepping up and sharing that and thinking about mom. And so then heard from uh, Andrea. Where was, Andrea was in here earlier. Did she? She just went through. Andrea sent us a a text that was just so sweet about how much mom impacted her. And then Austin and Kristen said that when they came here the very first time, met mom, and, you know, she made them so welcome and was just so real. If you, and if you knew her, real is a great word for her. No pretense, no religious mask, you know, which is awesome because that's a legacy in this place that she's left. But, uh, so they went home that day and said, you know, we feel like this is the right place for us because of what the, in, the, the encounter she had with them, you know. <clears throat> and then Andrea sent us an incredible message about her influence in her life. So, you know, just, it just kind of had me thinking about the impact that we make on people and, you know, how easy Christianity actually is. You believe and you love, Amen. right? The difficult part is holding on to the old man. It's holding on to the dead man that was crucified in Christ and those old ways of thinking and those old desires. The difficult part is realizing that you are not that anymore, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and living under the power of your new identity, right? That's the difficulty, but Christianity is easy. Do good, love, seek justice, you know, follow God. It's pretty simple when you really think about it. Now, it's a thick book. There's a lot of history in there in the Bible. There's a lot of doctrine in there, but it all, you know, if you, once you really read and you see the congruency of the authors and the message that God sends through each author, you start to really see that there's very, sim even though one author might say something different, it seems different. It's the same kind of message, you know, God loves. 
and through Christ we are redeemed. And because of that spirit within us, we have the responsibility to yield unto transformation to bring glory to His name. Amen? And that we're secure in Him. It's a pretty simple gospel message. And we mess it up because we approach it from different perspectives. But ultimately, somebody like my mom, who just very, you know, kind of childlike approach, really could just walk it out, and, but, but would kind of wonder if she was doing a good enough job. And I, and I shared at her memorial that, you know, she kind of had this underlying sense of, uh, am I good enough? And when she encountered the gospel and our, our pastor, Arlene, and her husband passed, David Michael, she came to the, to the service and got to call her up. And she may have ruffled some feathers, but, you know, well, it was, she's awesome. Um, but so, so I was thinking about that, and, and I'll go into the message, but kind of using that as a, to, to, to make the point of how we are to live. Because, you know, depending on your church background, depending on how long you've been a Christian, you've heard all kinds of things, seen all kinds of things, tried certain things, certain things don't work, and, and it's kind of like all these things get convoluted. Maybe you came from a very specific background that was taught stay away from those people, and then you meet those people, and you're like, oh, well, you know what? They're not that bad. I mean, I don't agree with everything, but it's, you know, it's not that bad. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. You know? So it's kind of like, I think if we just could make it a little bit simpler, we could unite and actually be who we're supposed to be in this earth toward people. That is a loving body of Christ going into the world, showing them God's love that compels them to believe. Amen? And so... You know, I think about mom because you, you think about words that people would say about her and just loving and accepting and kind and, you know, fun, all of those kinds of things that people would say about her. But yet I wonder if she knew the kind of impact that she made. Like, like for instance, and she did know this because she was in her dance club and she wasn't going to church at the time. She used to cringe. She, you have weird thoughts, right? So bear with me. But I don't have to feel bad because I don't... Anyway, I'm not going to go there. But so we weren't really raised in church. She might be still in heaven shaking her head when I say that because she, she didn't like me saying that. But, but anyway, she wasn't going to church at the time, and she was dancing. If you, Again, shag is a dance, and she was in a club, and it was a group of people. And a bunch of them were over here and super sweet people, and it was awesome. But um, so... Wasn't going to church, but she went to, and I have a point. I might ramble a little bit, but I'll get there. She was going to, uh, you laughed a little too hard on that one. <laughs> she's like, please get to the point. Oh, she's the first time I just called out a first time. Anyway, uh, so she wasn't going to church at the time. Um, a believer, but met this girl in her dance club who invited her to church. And now... I do want you to invite people to church, but don't, I'm not going to use some emotional crowbar to leverage you to make you invite people to church with my mom. But I don't know, maybe if, it, if that works, we'll use it. I don't know. I'll just, at least I'll be honest about it. But anyway, so this lady invites mom to church. And at the time, I was in Athens going to school, go dogs. But anyway, uh, didn't really have church on my grid. Didn't, you know, we weren't raised in church, so for me, because of what I came through, I was reading the Bible at the time, and I was having a personal relationship with Christ, but I just, 
church. I just didn't, it wasn't that I was against it. It just was not part of my life. You know what I mean? It, it just, it just was, it just, I didn't know what they did in there. And I thought they were, I don't know what I thought, to be honest with you. I mean, being raised in the Bible Belt had no grid for what church even is, right? Didn't really have a negative connotation about it, nor positive. That's just where we were. And I think there are a lot of people out there like this. I mean, I remember after I got born again and seeing people that I went to high school with at like Christian festivals and I'd walk and run up, hey man, when did you get born again? They're like, well, you know, we kind of always believe. I'm like, man, well, and literally I would ask people this, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and, and, you know, genuine, I wasn't, I just didn't know. So that's where mom kind of was, you know. And so this one lady, Joyce, who was at the memorial, came, invited mom to church. Mom went to that church. And that was Pastor David and Erlene Michael, Faith Cornerstone Church. Some of those people watch online. And mom met them and invited me to church. And it was like Christmas 94, I think. And so what if, what if that first lady hadn't invited mom to church and had not invited me to church? And it's not about inviting to church. It's more about just those simple little acts, right? Those simple little things that you do that you might not think are a big deal. Or maybe you get, you know, you, you don't realize the kind of impact that you have on people. And, and I wonder if we, we have this legacy culture, right? We have this, I don't know if you've seen much or read much about it, but kind of in the self-help movement or the motivational speakers, you know, a few years, but you don't really hear it so much anymore, but there was a lot of hype and talk about what's your legacy. You decide what your legacy is going to be, and you start building a life that will develop that legacy. And it's like... I mean, I understand having goals and moving in a particular direction, but you're, you don't get to decide your legacy. You know, you live your life, you do what you do, you seek God, and after you're gone, history judges what your legacy is. And, and, I, and, I, and I, so I think about mom like that, right? And I think about all these little things that she probably did in people's lives that, that were sowing seed and making a difference and fruit coming. I mean, if you think about it, this church is a direct fruit of that one lady inviting mom to church and then mom inviting me, and then it just goes on from there, right? I mean, I believe the call of God was on my life and that may have happened a different way. There is that. But, you know, sometimes opportunities get missed because we don't, at nine years old in fourth grade, push through. I mean, can you imagine how nervous he was? He's so sweet and he doesn't want to inject himself into a situation but it probably was just on him. He knew that he needed to share that with that lady, right? And she said, this is exactly what I need. And so confirmation works like that, right? Like a lot of us doubt that we hear God. And then when somebody else says something that we think might be from God, and then we hear it and like, oh my goodness, that's, that's exactly what God told me. It's a confirmation. Amen. And that's what we get to be for each other, is to confirm what you are hearing in your heart. Amen. And it's the littlest, littlest, littlest things. You know, I'm, I'm going through Proverbs again pretty, pretty often. And you, something that you, and I preached on it, I don't know, a few months back. But something that you notice in there is how things work out for those who walk upright. Amen. Now, the legalistic mindset would say, if you walk upright, God will cause things to go right. But walking upright teaches your heart and your mind how to think like God which will then put you in a position to follow God who will lead you into life and blessing, right? Amen. So the idea is this. It's the little things 
the good things, the kind things, the loving things that you do consistently that teach your mind and heart how to think like God, and then you end up following God more accidentally than you ever could on purpose. Christianity has made us feel like do the big things, build the big thing, do, the, do this, you know, conquer that sin in your life, do save you know, thousands for the Lord, or do these big things, right? And then kind of in this Western mindset, we're, you know, we have this, what is the American dream gospel, right? Where it's like, go big, do big things, you know, we're great things for God, God's mightily going to use you, and praise God for that. Praise God for big dreams. I have big dreams. But it's the little things that teach you how to follow God to be led into those big things. And just being a kind person, being willing to love and put down your anger and your judgment toward others is how God thinks. And the more you live that way, the more you condition your mind and prepare your heart to hear Him and be led into those big things. Are you with me? That's why the little things matter. Like we look at the little things and we overlook the simplest situations that we could, you know, be loving in. But I'm telling you, take, just take that extra little step into kindness. And if you go through Scripture and you look at, this is something that I've got. I've got kind of this working notebook of all of the instruction in the New Covenant uh, broken out from Jesus' teachings to the rest of the books. It's like everywhere there's instruction in the New Testament that, ver- that will always verify the old because the new is the fulfillment of the old, taken to a spiritual heart level. Anyway, I'm not going to go into all that, but it's pretty simple, and it boils down to Jesus really told us the truth when He said loving one another fulfills all of it. Amen. Right? We look at it from a legalistic perspective, but if you look at it from a spiritual, emotional, even psychological perspective... Loving teaches you how to do everything else that God will want you to do, that God will lead you to do and invite you to do and convict you to do. Walking in love toward others is like a program to your heart and mind that prepares you to follow God when you need to follow Him, whether that be out of that sin or into that calling or into that job or for that spouse or whatever it is, right? We overlook that stuff. We want to do the big things, but it's the little things that teach us how to follow God into the big things. Amen? And so I've just been thinking about all this, and there's a couple of passages that I want to read through here. This is in Philemon, or Philemon, if you don't know how to speak Greek. Actually, in Greek, it's... I thank God... I thank my. So this is um, Paul writing to uh, him... And, and just kind of giving him a little bit of instruction, but building him up also. I thank my God, mention, uh, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. So just stop right there for a minute. Go back to five, please. You know, you, you think about that. It's It's... It's a big deal. We read through these types of things and we kind of think of them as a greeting. But this is incredible encouragement, right? From Paul saying, look, I've heard about how loving you are toward people. That's how he starts off, lifting him up and building him up. So let's keep going. Verse 6. 
that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Jesus. So the way that you are loving is that you have spent time acknowledging the good things that God has put in you, right? So when you acknowledge the stuff that God has done for you through Christ, it produces love toward others. And some of the meanest people on the planet are religious people that are judgmental toward others that have a sense of condemnation from God within them because they haven't taken the time to acknowledge the good things that Christ has done within them. That's why we focus so much on the cross and identity and the, you know, the foundation of what the blood and death, burial, and resurrection accomplish because, because when you have all of that right in your mind and in your heart, it informs everything else that you need to do in Christianity. When you know who you are, in Christ, and you know who your Father is, then you will make decisions that keep you on the track of that identity, right? It's not about knowing doctrine. Doctrine is important, but you don't apply that. I've talked to so many people that can quote Scripture, but they don't know how to live it. And you live it when you are walking in love toward others, and the way that you do that is acknowledging every good thing that's in you. I mean, that's a little bit of an oversimplification, but I just kind of wanted to make it simple today. If you find you, if you, if you're mean or judgmental or just life is just kind of hard, spend a little bit of time doing this. Acknowledge those good things that Christ has done for you, right? Just sit. Don't try to get him. Don't try to figure out how to hear him to answer your problem. Right? Don't try to figure out how to get the, the, the solution to whatever it is that you need the solution for in that moment. Just sit and acknowledge who He is. Just, just meditate on the character and the identity of who God is and what He's done for you. And I'm telling you, that will start you in the direction of hearing from Him and opening your heart to experience His grace in those areas that you do need to change or that you do need to step into your calling or, or whatever it is that you, this thing that you feel like is the next step for you in your faith, right? Last verse, I think. Uh, for, for we have great joy and consolation in your love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. And that's King James. The bowels of the saints. They've got some gut health in order, I guess, is what's going on. But the, the point is the inner man, right? The deeper part of who people are are refreshed because of the love, right? And, and that, that is what I want. Like when you walk out of here today, here's your goal, that you are refreshing bowels. <laughs> So you're never going to forget it now, right? <laughs> but, I, but, but, but like in all seriousness, is you're bringing refreshing, right? You are bringing refreshing because you are known by your love for others. And I think about mom, and I think about so many kind things that were said about her because that's who she was, and that's what she did, and she didn't even try to. Just who she was, you know, which I love. So over into 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, I'm going to read this particular section here, and uh, this is Paul, and he's addressing just some immaturity in the church, which he did in most of his letters, and he's putting some things back in correct order, and basically the church was like, well, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of this, and he's like, no, we're of Christ. And so what, where I'm going to go in this is just the idea 
of planting, God waters, you may never get to see the fruit of the things that you plant. You know, if your Christianity is all about what do I need to do to keep God happy, you're missing the point, right? Because when you learn to walk in love toward others and lay yourself down and serve others, that will be a guard to your heart to preserve the righteousness that you've been given. As you serve others, I'm, and I've seen this in my own life, as you serve others and as you set it as a goal in your mind and in your heart to actively serve people in Christ's name, it does something to you where you don't want to disrupt. You don't want to let sin in. You want to be in the Word because you want to have something ready in that moment as you are going out and serving, right? And if you don't have a formal position of service in the body, just adopt it of yourself to serve people in public, whatever that looks like for you. And you spend a little bit of time with God about what that looks like personally for you. But I just wanted to highlight scripturally what it says about this. So... After all, uh, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. And we'll just click through these. <clears throat> I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who makes things grow. He gets the glory, amen. Uh, you just, your, your easy part is just step out, just step out in love. Talk to your teacher in the hallway if you're nine or whatever it is for you. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. What if God has a miracle for that girl, and we know that He does, but yet she doubted in her mind and in her heart that she could receive it, but the fact that a nine-year-old kid came and confirmed what God wants for her, that could be the catalyst that helps her open up and receive what God wants for her. Same with salvation. Same with all kinds of things. One thing you say, and it doesn't have to be some word. Amen. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded. And this is something that I think about. And I've mentioned this. It's just kind of come up in my heart over the past few weeks, this reward system thing. Now, keep in mind, as we know from 1 John four seventeen, as He is Jesus, we are in this world, so we will have confidence in the day of judgment. Now, in that final judgment, which is coming, there is a resurrection. We we'll all go before Him. The believers go before the uh, judgment seat of Christ. Everybody goes before the great white throne judgment, or you could call it different names, but the Bema seat, so to speak, is, is kind of what we're talking about here. And um, for believers, you don't have to ever worry about judgment because as He is, so are you in this world and especially the world to come. And it specifically says, 1 John 4, 17, so that you will be confident in the day of judgment. Now, don't forget that when we read the rest of this because you can have confidence before God in the face of judgment because you will not be judged. There is something that's judged, but not you because Christ was judged in your place. So the one who plants, the one who waters has one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Because, you know, you hear old school Christians, and they're like, well, I'll tell you what, you're going to have to go before the Lord and pay for what you've done, you know, whatever. <laughs> there is a passage that talks about you give account for the words that you've spoken even. You know, there are some things be like, ooh, I better watch my mouth. Uh 
For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. I love that. You are an open soil to receive. And He's a good gardener. He will plant good things in you to bear fruit. If you are not bearing good fruit in your life, it's because you have sown things in there that are not godly. It's not because God is torturing you or making your life difficult to use you as an example. You, whatever's growing up in your life is either stuff that you've allowed the enemy to plant or you've planted or God has planted. You want good fruit, nurture the stuff that God has planted in there. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. He lives in you. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone of our faith. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. The day being the day that you are to be confident in when you are before Him because as He is, so are you. <clears throat> it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. I don't know why I have this picture in my mind, but I have this picture of strolling on up to the judgment seat of God, knowing that we're saved in Christ, but we got our wagon full of works, you know. It's like, here we go through the fire, <laughs> all your works get burned up, you know. You're like, man, I thought I had a few more good works than that in my buggy here. But there probably be a lot more good works rewarded. You know, I don't know. But there is some kind of reward system, right? There is something. There is. Let's keep going. Uh, the builder, that's you, will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss. There may, I mean, even, even in that final judgment, there might be a little bit of pride. You're standing there and you're like, wait till he calls my name. Check this out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just making that up, but... If it's, if it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Praise God. You don't ever have to fear the judgment of God. Never, ever, ever. You don't ever have to be afraid of God getting sick and tired of you and casting you out or you missing it just one too many times and it's too late for you. That is not, that would be illegal according to the law written in the blood of Christ, to do that to you. God would be unjust to kick you out because you missed it one too many times. And you need to know that. Now, does that make you want to run out and sin? For me, it makes me want to guard and protect what He's done, right? I don't want to let sin in because I don't want to disrupt that. I mean, imagine what could happen if we live within the reality of that. Uh, so, the builder will suffer loss, but you will be saved. Just say that. I will be saved. I am saved in Christ. So, even though, uh, uh, even though as one escaping through the flames. And you can pull that down. But so, that, so you know, when you face something like what we face as a family and we've walked through and, and it, and it um, you know, you just think about all this kind of stuff. 
does that happen when you pass immediately? Does it not happen until the resurrection happens? I don't know, but there is that time coming where those things that we've done, and it's the little things. I'm, I'm telling you, I bet you will have gold for things that you never imagined. And you're like, really? That? And it's probably the simplest stuff, I would imagine. You know, I'm thinking, I mean, you, know, you build some incredible ministry or you do lots of charity work, that, that stuff too, I'm sure, you know, but, but just even those little things, just that little act of kindness, especially when you don't feel like it, when you can lay yourself down, you know. There's no greater love than to lay yourself down and put someone else first. So that's what I want to challenge us with, you know, the two things. Are you being a source of refreshing? for your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Or are you being a condemning religious twit sitting back going, well, let's see if Kanye has any fruit in his life, you know? <laughs> I mean, that boy's leading thousands of people to the Lord and you're wondering if he's a real Christian or not. Y'all heard Jesus is king yet? Yeah. I'm an old hip hop fan back in Houdini, you know, was my jam. Anyway. Don't have time anyway. Got a special treat for you. <coughs> yeah, special music for the offering. Five minutes of funk. <laughs> but you know, we would serve the world a lot better. Through love. Amen. And I don't mean permissive love, right? Because love will reveal truth. Love will bring somebody to the point where they value God to the degree that they want to glorify Him. But it's not your job to make them see the truth, right? Walking in love and experiencing love teaches your heart how to hear God. It just does. It just does. You know, we have these classes and we have these charismatic seminars about how to hear God and how to flow in the gifts. And I'm like, look, if you just love, you walk in love, you're kind, you seek justice, you do good, you all, all of that stuff, honoring God, you can, if you're committed to that stuff, it will teach you to do all of that other stuff that you're wanting to do. I, I, it just does, I'm telling you. And you end up doing it as a fruit accidentally rather than shaking in your car before you go into Walmart because you feel like you really need to get a word for somebody that day to validate your own faith to you. I was, I'm a little bit hard on some people that make <laughs> spiritual acts, legalistic acts. So, so love, right? Amen. And, and doing it intentionally because not to threaten you with whose pile of rewards is going to be bigger in heaven. But, but holding that, you know, I mean, it, it, I, rem, I think about it. I think about, well, the words that I speak even are going to be in that wagon that you roll through that fire. And those things that you speak toward others that are unfounded or sarcastic. And man, I'm telling you, I'm probably going to suffer a lot of loss because I have the gift of sarcasm in that moment. It's like, <laughs> and I'm going to remember this moment and I'm like, why didn't you stop, you dummy? You know, but anyway, praise God for salvation in Him alone. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We trust you.
We are committed to walking in love. We are committed to laying ourselves aside and looking at people through your value for them, and they are valuable enough for you to die for them, for you to become a human, enter into their life, enter into their failure, and conquer it for them. Father, may we remember what motivated you toward people as we seek to live our lives, and as we seek to experience your transformation, may we also remember to walk in love toward others because those little things are important. Those little things that we never know, whether it be paying for someone's lunch or traveling to another country and bringing the gospel to someone or, or inviting someone to church or whatever it might be, Lord. All of those little things, we just do what we do inspired by love and you bring the increase and you get all the glory. But we are committed to being your hands and feet, carrying your gospel and carrying your love. We trust you and we love you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this hard journey. Visit my website at clintbuyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.